everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the BTS podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. And if you're a new listener, welcome. I'm your host, Ciara Minova, and today's episode is called Happy Wellbeing Life. Let's get started. Our wonderful guest speaker today is Caroline S. Asante. Caroline is an award-winning former BBC radio host and editor and an environmentalist operating in sustainability and climate literacy. She founded and programmed the UK's first citywide eco-living festival in Cambridge in 2018-2019, is a social documentary program maker, and has recently also started her own podcast called Happy Wellbeing Life, where she is the host. I'm super excited to speak to her today. Caroline, welcome. It's so exciting to finally have you here. Thank you so much, Sierra. It's really lovely to be here. And it's and it's also very interesting to be on the other side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like you have a fascinating story and journey. And so perhaps you can give us a brief introduction to yourself and your journey. And if you could describe yourself in a few words, who would you say Caroline is? Can I say a big tree hugger for starters? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's start with the description. So I would say tree hugger, nature lover, empowerer, motivator, uh, smiley. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be a description. In terms of my journey, um, it's... um, it's interesting when someone asks you this question about your journey, because in, mm. immediately your mind starts going, okay, which bits should I pick out mm. to give? Um, so in a nutshell, yeah, I was born in the UK, but I also grew up um, as a small child. I lived in a place called Guyana in South America. So I grew up in a very natural, organic um, environment in that um, English-speaking country in South America. And then I went to high school in um, in London. And, um, and was educated in London and also in Canada. And I always had a natural in, inclination towards communicating, talking, you know, discussing things. So mm-hmm. I found myself in journalism and, um, I was lucky enough uh, to be hired at the BBC in 2000 as a radio uh, presenter, as we say in the UK, even though the rest of the world says host. Um, yeah, I hosted a uh, nightly show called Late Junction, which was a show that was quite eclectic music. And then also speaking to musicians who um, performed and wrote music that were what would be considered ambient. So I was at BBC um, for nine years. And in that time, I was uh, uh, the radio host and also as a senior producer, I produced quite a few documentaries, music documentaries for the World Service. I also produced a couple of series that, about women in, and, and empowerment, one called Goddesses, which looks at um, the equivalent of modern goddesses and the mythology of the goddess archetype. And we covered Indian culture, uh, Chinese culture, and just looking at, at, at you know, women and, and, and that role as the she goddess. Um, and then I um, also uh, made several um, live shows. I, I was a host of many live BBC shows. Um, and then fast forward, um, I found myself, um, after my son was born, I was really looking at 
what was going on with climate change? You know, what is climate change? What was that about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to investigate. And at the time I was um, taking part in a family reunion where I was back in the Caribbean. I was in Grenada at this time and St. Lucia. And I, and I was witnessing the ocean plastic. We don't talk so much about ocean plastic anymore, but the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, um, situation was quite bad. And I really wanted to know what was going on, why mangroves were dying, why the ocean acidification was happening, why, you know, um, we were losing so much of our natural resources. And so I decided to study that. So I have a master's in environmental science and sustainability from the um, Anglo-Ruskin University, Cambridge. And uh, while I was doing that, I did notice that at that time, so look, 2017 now, 2018, um, climate change, we were talking about it in terms of uh, a bigger picture. You know, it was academics mm-hmm. that were talking about climate change. And I really wanted to do something that was more um, realistic in terms of how can the individual make a change? You know, how can you change your habits in mm-hmm. what you purchase, what you do, what you use and how you dispose of it? So I created um, the festival that you mentioned at the top there called Eco, um, Cambridge Eco Living Festival, which was the first in the UK. And that was very successful. So we did it for two years. And then, of course, you know, the world changed in 2020. So we never did it anymore. Um, yeah. So fast forwarded to now, I suppose, um, I should mention that, uh, you know, I guess we're going to talk about that. I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but that's my, that's kind of my nutshell, my journey in a nutshell in terms of from, you know, broadcasting, um, into environment. And uh, now I'm very much into well-being and mental health and, and uh, a sense of consciousness and spirituality. Yeah. Wow. This is my second time interacting with you and I've been following you and what you do. And if I may describe you in one word, I would use the word fearless or maybe even ambitious, but I think fearless is what sits with me and I'll explain why. Mm. You seem to not shy away from the idea of starting something anew or creating something the way you did, for example, with the festival and then now the podcast. And then you were the first black woman to host a continuous radio show on the BBC radio network, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, if you take a step back, these are all steps that you had to take to turn your ideas or even visions into reality. And I think a lot of people have wonderful ideas and wonderful visions, but something always holds them back, right? Or holds us back. And so my question here is, what is it that gives you the confidence, or if I can say the fearlessness, um, and I may be completely wrong, but this is just <laughs> a perception that I have that allows you to take that necessary step or even allow yourself to say, yeah, I want to give this a shot or yeah, I want to transition into this the way you have. I think that that's not only unique to me. I think that when you're a creative human being and every person is on a journey, we are in this life on a journey of discovery of ourselves. And so we'll never, you know, get to a destination. We are always becoming. And sometimes the apprehension to start something new Mm -hmm. that someone may have is because they're comparing themselves to someone else. One of the worst things you can do Let's look at other people, actually. Um, you can look at your mentors and your people who inspire you. But the more you look at what other people are doing, 
the less energy you have to connect with yourself to find out what you are to do next. So for me, I was always a natural progression. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm somebody who's very curious and I just love to find out more about myself. I love to connect with people and I'm eternally creative. I love the idea of taking any idea that we have and make it into reality. And and one could argue that's the world that we live in. If we mm-hmm. look around, if you look around your, as you're listening to this podcast, look around your living room, look around wherever you are, everything's a frozen thought. So everything starts with a thought and an idea and becomes a reality. So that's what we're here for. We're here to find out who we are. We're here to enjoy the journey and we're here to discover who we are. And one of the things that stops us moving into new phases um, and starting for wherever we are is comparison. And it's amazing that you mentioned this because that is actually what my book is going to be about. I'm writing a book that's been going on for a while and it's called, uh, thank you, I'll take it from here. And it's about that you can start your life, whatever you want to do at any age. So it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, 21 and, and deciding to do something new that, you know, a new path or 25 or 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, it doesn't matter. Wherever you are, you can begin your life from that point. And too often we stop ourselves and I am Mm. by no means continuously fearless, (laughs) but I, I also have had moments of, um, you know, low confidence, especially mm. when you're going through as a woman, you have, you know, your children, are, your child is growing older. I have a 16 year old and, and, you know, you're looking at things. Oh my gosh, I'm too old to start this. Or maybe I can't right. do this. I can't catch up, whatever. And as women, it's <laughs> particularly hard for us. I think we, you know, we, when we compare ourselves to someone else and we're in a comparison culture at the moment in terms of social media and Absolutely. looking at what people are doing at any age, this will stop you doing something for yourself. So one piece of advice I would give to anybody at any age is really hone in and reduce the amount of stimuli you get from outside because Mm. you've got unique talents. You've got, you know, unique qualities that nobody else has. No one else has them. And you won't discover those if you're spending most of your time, you know, absorbing what someone else is doing. I'm so glad I asked that question. (laughs) Long answers. What I love is that you have picked on something that I think is just so important. And especially like you said, in today's culture, which is comparison. The minute we do that, we immediately forget ourselves and our journey and our experiences. And all we perceive is that lack, right? The the thing that we do not have. Very interestingly, and in line with that, I'm curious to know whether during your journey you have ever felt um, imposter syndrome, which is basically this inability to believe that your success is deserved or is legit and is, you know, achieved as a result of your own effort and skills. A, A lot of people have this. You feel that, am I really the right person to do this, to ask this? You know, why would anyone even want to listen to me? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever felt, uh, imposter syndrome at some point of your life, but at what point did you feel like you were an expert in something? Because this is a question I get asked a lot. Like me and my friends, we talk about a lot that are starting something in you and starting a journey is that 
do you ever feel like, do you ever get a moment when you feel like, okay, now I'm an expert in something and that you're no longer pretending, so to speak? Um, or do you just think it's a journey that we will always have this feeling within us, but we just have to keep going? I think you have to keep going. One thing too is that, yeah, imposter syndrome is rife. Um, of course, mm. I have felt that myself. And um, I would say to answer your question, when I was doing the festival, Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what I was getting into. I just said, oh, I just want to have a festival, get people together, you know. Oh, that's great. You know, University of Cambridge is on board. We're going to launch at the David Attenborough building. David Attenborough may come. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was right. in the middle of the storm. Right. And uh, I was going through a lot of personal things at the time that nobody knew. Mm. And looking back at it, I think I was absolutely crazy <laughs> to have done <laughs> what I was doing. Mm. Um, and I think that I think it's it, there's two things. I think there is the there's the um, the limitation fear, mm-hmm. and then there is when you're connecting, dipping in and out of your spirit. I tend to talk a lot about spiritual connection and consciousness and that's the way I speak. So there's two, you know, parts of you. There's one part of you that's here in your physical body. Um, there's another part of you that's really, really big. That mm-hmm. is everywhere. And that is the real you. And and wants to squeeze through the physical part of you and helps you a great deal. And sometimes when those two parts of you are connected, that's when you have that moment of inspiration. You know, that moment where you go, oh my gosh, and it's an exciting feeling, isn't it? Sierra? Yeah. It's a feeling you get in your belly. You're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. That's when you're connecting with the bigger part of you. Mm. When you feel that imposter syndrome or that pe- that feeling in your belly that is fear, mm-hmm. apprehension, uh, a sense of um, overwhelmment, that's when you're separating. And so one of the most important things, you know, as we talked at the top here, tree hugger, um, getting into nature, finding a a, a method to connect these two parts of yourself, you'll do yourself a huge favor. And if you start doing that at a younger age, which is, which is, um, meditation really helps this, um, you'll find you won't have as many fear points as maybe somebody else who doesn't do that. And the way mm. to do that is to cut out some of the noise. You always have to have a part of your day that is quiet. That is only you. That is you just listening to your breathing. That is you connecting with yourself. You know, um, I do talk about this um, on the podcast and in, in my, in my journal that I've written called happy wellbeing life, I write a meditation guide and I'm going to be doing more about that to help people, you know, connecting to that part of themselves. So imposter syndrome is, yeah, you know, a sense of, of fear and we all have a sense of fear. And what is fear? Fear is not real. Fear is always you giving energy to the worst outcome of something that hasn't Mm. even happened. Right. And when you think about that, why would I give energy to the worst outcome of something that hasn't even happened? You know? Damn. So fear is not something that's that's actually real. I'm not talking about, you know, the running away from a bear <laughs> yeah. or something. I'm not talking about instinctual fear. Yeah, yeah, instinctual. So and we are in a culture, doesn't matter where we are in the world now, where fear is delivered to us as a dish every single day. We are given fear-based news every day. 
we're yeah. given fear-based, you know, topics and discussions, and it's filtered through the news system. It's filtered through environment, everything, you know, there's a lot of fear in the world at the moment and uncertainty, doesn't matter where you are. So you've got to, in fact, shield yourself in a way by connecting with yourself, because otherwise that's a current that can take you. Um, in the wrong direction. And I think you and I had a conversation, our first beautiful conversation I enjoyed, which was about there is a stream of well-being and there's a stream of fear. These are really the only two streams that are running in the planet. And so you want to be in the stream of well-being. And the stream of well-being is the one that gives you those butterflies where you feel happy, where you feel optimistic, where you feel joy, where you feel love. When you're in love, you're in that stream of well-being, you know, or when you're in your, you, you know, kissing your baby or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, hugging your pet, whatever, you know, that's a stream of well-being. And then there's another, the, the other one of fear. So you're always, we're always jumping from one to the other. Recognize that, you know, the fear part never lasts. It's part of being uh, the human experience, I should say. And it doesn't last. And if you get methods that you can just dip in, you of course you dip into that feeling of fear, but then you can always dip back into how you, you know, your real sense of well-being. I don't know if that answered the question, but um, no, that absolutely did. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of your podcast, let let's actually talk about it. Um, well, firstly, what is the Happy Well-Being Life podcast and its goal? But you also mentioned that and I think you briefly just talked about it right now, that we are going through a vibrational upgrade and that we are vibrational beings. Yes. Can you perhaps explain what you mean by that? Yes. So you are a vibration first and foremost. Your vibration, what you think about, uh, that actually is what creates your reality. So for example, if you want to be in love and you can't find someone and, you know, um, what is the vibration that you have about love for yourself and the, how do you feel about it? Um, and so the vibration that you have is really what manifests, um, the reality. And the more you think about something, the more kind of, you know, electricity and, and energy you feed it. Mm -hmm. So we are vibrational beings first before we are physical beings. And I think we are in this time. Uh, now, um, I don't know how esoteric the show is, but we are in a, a new energy um, dimension. We are not in the same vibration as we were in 2019 or 2020. We're in a very different vibration now. So we are in the vibration of telepathy, um, energy shifting. So you will find that with your friends, sometimes you, you're all thinking the same thing or someone's thinking about you and then they ring you and all these, these are not coincidences. We are far more connected in our telepathy now than we were because we're in a different energy mm. field. So um, we are in a great opportunity on mm -hmm. this planet to find out who we are, but to recognize as well that we create everything. You know, when we look at what's going on, I mean, I'm in England, it just looks, everything's crumbling. This is the first yeah. time ever we just, you know, we lost the queen and, you know, and then England is just like in this, in this, 
chaos that it's never yeah. been before in terms of the pound crashing. And we just don't even know who's running the country. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and all these type of things. And I see this and I can go into it all because everyone's talking about how bad it is. We're going to go right. into, a, we're going into a recession. It's all going to be terrible. It's terrible. We're going into a recession, you know, and it's, um, things are very bad and things are, you know, in this chaotic economic chaos. Mm -hmm. However, the more we talk about that, and we talk about frequency, the more we talk about being in a recession, that's the fastest we can get into it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why we don't realize that if you talk about something all the time, that's what becomes the reality, you know? So we have to really pay attention to what you're giving your energy to. Give your energy always to what you want. Always think, well, what is it I really want? What is it I really want? I really want a great new relationship. I really want a fabulous job. I really want to buy a house. I really want to find my purpose. I really want whatever it is. Give the energy to that, not the energy to what you don't have or what you don't want. Just a bit about, you know, what you said there. So the frequency now we're in is everything is speeded up. So things happen much faster than they did even 18 months ago. You know, that's why this year feels so quick. Right. It's really interesting that you say that in terms of the connection, because I, you see, I always saw it from a different lens that the more technology grows and although we're more connected, it almost feels like we're more disconnected. But you made a very interesting point there. Another thing, I think we also spoke about this in our lovely introduction call was about seeing life through the lens of optimism rather than doom. And I found your viewpoint on that super interesting. You know, we talked a little bit about how we're, you know, moving obviously into, and we have been in very uncertain uncertain times past couple of years. And you said, whether it's COVID and the climate change and so many other factors, but you did say that I tend to look at things through the lens of an optimist. And so I'm just very interested to hear a little bit more. Do you think perceiving the world through the lens of optimism is important? Because, you know, realists would maybe argue otherwise or pessimists. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you come to it from wherever you are. Um, When I say that I look at things through the lens of an optimist, I don't do that every single day. I don't think every mm-hmm. moment of the day I'm like, oh, wow, no, I'm not going to look at that. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to, uh, oh, my car is, you know, my car is not working. Oh, well, you know, that, that's fabulous. That's great you news. Know, I, that's great news. No, not at all. Um, I think, I think it's a continuous challenge and I'll say it's a challenge because you're not, you know, we're not islands. We are in, in, infected by other people and mm-hmm. we're affected by what's going on around us. Um, I think you just have to, as I said earlier, you know, you just have to think about, well, what do I want from this situation? I learned something very, very important recently because I follow the law of attraction. I love all that. Mm. And um, I read a lot about um, Jerry Nesta Hicks. I've been following that for a few years and that's really helped me. And one of the things that um, they suggest is segment intending. So every time you do something new. You're going into another segment. So like you and I are in this podcast, you know, uh, having this interview, this is a segment. Um, if you, when you get into your car to go somewhere, that's a segment. When you're going to work, it's a segment. You're going to bed, you know, it's a segment. When you're going to meet someone, it's a segment. Every part of your day has a different segment into it. So every time you about to do something new, 
you just take a moment and say, ah, right. Oh gosh. I'm so looking forward to speaking to Sierra. It's going to be amazing chatting to her. I love, you know, the energy I had with her in the discovery call. And I'm so looking forward to this podcast. And what you do is you send out such great frequency just ahead of yourself. Mm. And, and you'll find that what you sent out ahead of yourself is, you know, is very powerful. And so it's about being conscious about the different times of your day and your different times of your life, because you are running through different segments. I started to do that and I found it really helpful. Um, and sometimes I would forget, of course, because, because some things run right into each other, isn't it? Especially when the day is busy. Um, you go, oh, stop, wait a minute. I can't have this important business conference call. I'm having a, I need to do this segment intending first, <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's just, it's just slowing things down and having consciousness about it mm. and then changing the habit. One of the things I've been working on is what am I thinking about? What is it I'm thinking about? So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is always do my meditation. Now I do meditation. Um, I do a bit of stretching in bed and then I do a bit of quiet breathing and meditation. And, um, you know, after my son goes to school, I go straight away out into the woods to do my tree hugging and a little bit of breathing. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I find, I have found this has been so important. Um, because when I was used to get up and r jump out of bed and then, you know, jump to do something, get ready for, get him ready for school and jump to this and answer a phone and try and answer an email and then check LinkedIn and do this. I was like a scatter bunny, you know, and it was, mm. I was just stressed all the time. And now that I do these segment intending where I think, okay, I'm in this segment, I just got out of bed. I need to give myself energy first, you know, before I even mm -hmm. interact with anyone else. I need to give energy to myself first. So just give yourself a few moments of breathing deeply and relaxing. And there's lots of, um, you know, meditation tapes. I'm going to be recording some of those actually too. I'm going to be doing some um, motivational um, audio recordings that I'm going mm. to be adding soon to the podcast. Can't wait. Um, and that a friend of mine in Paris, he's an amazing composer. He'll be doing the music too. So, you know, watch out for that. Um, yeah. So I think that, um, segment intending is a great way to, um, to be conscious about, you know, the energy that you're using and how you can manifest what you want and have a, have a good day, you know, even when things look like they're falling apart around you. No, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought this up because this was something along the lines of also what I wanted to talk to you about this work-life balance and how it impacts our mental and physical health, but also our relationships and our social life. And I think you've made it very clear that the segments and also the routine would be an essential part of it. But how, how did it, like, was it always like this or you had to make a conscious decision to say that these are the things that I will have to do to balance my relationship and my social life and, and also my mental and physical health, because I think we're at a time now where we want to do so many things. Um, but one aspect of our life suffers when we spend too much. So how do you, how do you manage, or maybe you don't, but <laughs> the question is, how do you try and manage your work-life balance? Yeah, that's a really important question. Um, because I'm working from home mostly now, and then now I really want mm -hmm to shift that up. I want to be out more. I miss working with people because I'm an editor, obviously, and I'm, I'm working at home and writing a great deal. Um, 
and then I have a, 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 a family, I think, you know, it, you know, our home life has collided with our family life, you know, because we're, when we're working from home and, and even if you have a separate room or, or space or whatever, you know, these two areas are starting to merge and everything's getting messy, you know, <laughs> closing the yeah. house. So I think, um, I think it's important to try to separate the timing. It's the timing and it's, and it's hard because, you know, if somebody writes you, uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. People are writing you 24 hours, the 24 seven, you know, they're writing on the weekends. They're writing messages on the weekend. They're writing important business messages on a weekend. They're answering LinkedIn. They're answering emails, you know? So I think you just yeah. have to give your own, you have to be really selfish about your time and go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to try and finish at this time. And then this segment is going to the segment of cooking and enjoying my food and talking to my family. That's this, this, this has got to be, this has got to be, because if we don't have that and everything starts running into each other, we were taking food in front of the computer. And I've done that too, because I'm, oh, oh, I can't stop to eat. You know, I've got to, you just really suffer from that. You really, really do suffer. You can't do that on a, on a continuous basis. Yeah. And so I think this idea of, of creating your life into different segments and like, how am I getting joy out of this moment? You know, what kind of joy will I be getting out of this moment? Mm. Being more conscious, that really helps. It's a bit annoying in the beginning because you're like, oh God, I'm going to stop to do that. But why wouldn't <laughs> you? You know, because then you're living your life in deliberate creation, not by default. And yeah. you don't want to live your life by default because when you live your life by default, things start happening to you that are out of your control, are out of, you know, what you want to have happen. Don't just leave it to default. Be deliberate. You're really powerful. You know, you can absolutely create anything that you want. So mm. why wouldn't you not do that? You know, so it's very important to, to understand that you're in control of your segments of your day and evening and wherever. Nobody else is, you know, um, even if you're working for someone else and as you're working for someone else. And I think, you know, the work aspect, that's changing. I don't know how it is in, in Dubai, but here yep. it's changing in the sense that now we have hybrid working. Now, well-being is coming into the workplace. People are talking more about it. We're talking more about mental health. But before, if you said mental health, people got it confused with mental illness. So right. isn't it? So I think uh, we're in a good path where we're going. No, these are really good points. I think I'm definitely guilty of that. Not being conscious, living your life on default. You know, you, it's almost like systematic or automatic. You do certain things because that's just what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually being conscious of what you're doing on a day to day basis makes such a difference. And it comes in wavelengths, right? There are times in your life when you're a little bit more conscious and then other times where you fall down a trap. So it's always important to bring yourself back and to do these little things that remind you of being deliberate into everything and. What, whatever you're doing in your life on a day-to-day -day basis. I also wanted to talk to you um, about mindset. There is a psychologist and professor from Stanford. Her name is Carol Dweck. And she's written a book called Mindset, where she speaks about difference between having something called a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And the fixed one is basically those of us who believe that our skills cannot be built. They're set in stone. So if I'm bad at statistics, for example, I should probably never waste my time being a mm -hmm. date analyst. I'll always be bad at statistics. 
And then those of us who have a fixed mind, uh, sorry, a growth mindset are those that believe that our skills and intelligence are built and developed. So they perceive themselves to be good at something if they work on it and bad if they don't. So skills are basically built. And in your podcast episode with the, um, the, the world record growing champion, Bella, oh, Collins. Bella Collins. Perfect. Yeah. I think she talks about overcoming fear, low self-esteem and, you know, pushing personal limits and things, which I highly recommend everyone to check out. I'll link it. It's a, it's a great episode. But what I found interesting is that she said she wasn't someone that people would perceive to be your typical rower. I think she said something like, I'm not an athlete. I was either nerdy or very like a studious yeah. type. And yet, she became the world record champion, rowing champion. And so when I listened to that episode, I really thought, damn, this really makes me think of a growth mindset because she thought she didn't have the natural skill set. And yet here we are, that's her reality. Um, and I think it really relates a lot to something that you do. You've branched out into so many different avenues. And so, so I just wanted to know your thoughts on the importance of this in general. Well, I'd love to read that report. Yeah, I'd love to read that report because uh, I, I was when you were talking there, I was like, I was thinking about my child who is at an mm. interesting age at 16, who's got so much talent and mm. doesn't think he's good at math. And I can't do his math. I relate at to him. All. At all. I mean, the math oh. they're doing now, I mean, God bless you all. You know, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> so I could not do it. Um, yeah, so, um, and he's so talented in so many areas and doesn't see them. Because the school system is sort of puts them in boxes, you know, exactly. and keeps them, wants to keep them there and, do, and, do, and doesn't want him to ask questions, which is completely ridiculous. Um, I just think that, I think that there's systems that need to be changed. If we could maybe apply that to education, because you, you know, I mean, look how long we have to spend in school and then you have to come yeah. out and then you go to another school. So you're back into university. And then if you're doing an undergrad and you're doing a master's and if you do a PhD, you're in a school system. So you, are you, are you in a gross mindset there or are you in a fixed mindset? I, I don't know. Um, I think that it's a, something that you would discover in yourself once you know the comparison. I didn't even know about that. I, I, I understand the concept, but um, I would say it is definitely something that we are changing because we are now becoming um, multi-skilled. Look at what you and I are doing. I can tell you for a fact, when I started in BBC in 2000, and just, you know, please people, you know, I don't believe in age. Uh, so um, I, this was unheard of to be able to record a podcast show at home. To mm. do a radio show, we had five or to six or seven people. So I would, um, you know, uh, write my script and, um, you know, choose all the music and, and I do all the research and I would record my show. But there's three or four engineers. I have two producers. You know, it's quite right, a, an ordeal to make, a, to make a radio show. Now look at this. Look how things have changed, but you have to learn the technology. You'd have to learn the technology of Riverside or Anchor right. or whatever, you know, platform you're using. Um, and so the same thing with our everything, Canva, you know, you know, first right. you know, you'd have to send everything over to a, to, to a digital artists, a graphic artist, and now we're making all our own graphics, you know. So we are in this age where we're becoming, you know, I think we are being stretched in our, in a good way, in our creativity, 
on another side, we're being overloaded because we have to be, oh my gosh, you have to be a podcast host. You have to be a podcast producer. You have to be an editor. You have to be a graphic designer. You have to be a social media marketer. You have to be a finance director. You have to be, you know, it's all these different pressure and it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think so. And, um, so, but, but as we're using all these different skills, what is actually happening to us? Are we expanding or are we getting overwhelmed? Hmm. I, th- I think you made a very good point about the school system and the education system, uh, especially relating to, let's say, categorizing into kids who are good at yeah. math, bad at math, or categorizing to kids who are more this and more that. Yeah. And you're right. We spend most of our life in school. And so our school system is one of the reasons or one of the parts probably that we have these fixed mindset ideologies. Now, I'm not saying to branch out and do everything, but it's more of that if I want to do something, I can do something and I don't have to be limited to a belief that, for example, like your son, I'm bad at math and therefore I will never even bother doing it. But but at the same time, we should also embrace that we are sometimes, we enjoy some things more than others. So of course, it's not to say that um, we should force people to do things that they don't. But I think what's interesting is that we should never believe that we can't do something that we think that we are not good at or think that we cannot be able to Mm -hmm. do. And then also we remember, as I said in the beginning, where you're evolving, you are a moving, evolving, beautiful, creative being that has many different aspects. And when you're 20 years old and when you're 40 years old, you'll have a different perspective. There'll be skills that you, you and things of, and, and, and aspects of your personality that you're going to discover. So don't expect also to be 22 or 25 and to know everything and be everything. You don't have to be everything. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to have, you know, a, a master's degree, a seven figure business, starting right. your family bought a house by the time you're 29, which is, which is what I see. People have worked for me and those I know, you know, this m- incredible pressure, um, to do everything. You can't do it. Your life is going to be, you're going to be 95 to hundred. So you can spread all those things out. You don't have to all, have it all done by the time you're 30, you know? So give yourself a break and recognize that, you know, you're working on this segment of your life right now, uh, whatever it may be. And then you'll move on to another, whenever that comes up. The most important thing is joy. It's very Mm. important to be enjoying your life and to do things that make you happy. The things that make you happy are the natural things for you. Always. Mm -hmm. Very important to not let age points and stage points dictate what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you just go along and follow your joy. You know, that was that term, follow your bliss. That's really important. Um, it took me ages to get to that point, by the way, yeah. I wish somebody had told me this at 25, but, uh, but you know, you, you just, you, after a while you start to go, well, what, what am I doing? You know, I just, the most important thing is to have a good time and to enjoy your life. And if someone is doing something to you or making you do work or putting you in an area in which you know, you can feel that it's not right for you because you can always tell when something's not right for you. You get that 
that horrible gut feeling, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that, you know, that's, and that, that's a, because that's your bigger bit of you. Remember I said in the beginning, there's two right. big parts of you saying, mm, that's not, that's not where I'm at. And you want to be where I am at. I'm sitting here with all your stuff, all your fun, all your money, all your joy, all your best love, everything. Come over here. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yes. so always go with what feels the best. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you've got your own emotional guide system. That's inbuilt. You don't need a guru to tell you what to do. Mm. You've got your inner guru. You've got your inner emotional system. And when something feels great, that's the right direction for you. When it doesn't feel great, it means that the outcome of that might not be so hot, you know? So, um, yeah, so I think it's yeah. really important for us to 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 not overwhelm ourselves and to understand that we have our own guidance system mm. and, and, and it will change, you know, things that you want to do now that you're really good at, you might want to change and not do later and, and that's okay. Yeah, I do think that the school system, this is why I love Generation Z and I'm so <laughs> happy that I have a child in Generation Z because I, 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 relate to this generation the most. <laughs> I just love how they're coming right. in and they're going to break all yeah, the stigma. They're going to break all mm -hmm. the structure. They're going to break down the gender. They're going to break down the age. They're going to break down the education system. They're going to break down the, you know, you guys are going to really do it. And, um, and, and good for you because that is what you came to do. You came to break down the structures that are no longer working. Okay, I'm getting all ahead of myself. No, I love it. And and you're so right. That 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 is exactly what's happening, right? So it, it's interesting because I'm part of this um student panel for university, which basically looks at non-traditional learners. So it's like, you know, men and women who want to come into school at you know, do their masters at the age of like 40 or 50, right? Mm -hmm. You know, imagine saying that to someone like 10 years ago or like 15 years ago, they'll be like, Your time has passed, you know, they'll be like, You're you can't study right now. Like you're too old for this shit or excuse me, you're too old. <laughs> now it's me getting all raping, but, but it's true. That, and this is just one, one example that we're giving here, but there are so many things that we've made norm, or let's say, for example, women getting married at certain ages. Right. So you're, you're so right. Oh, I'm the living about, I'm the living, the living <laughs> example of doing things not at my age. I'm not going to out myself on age here because I don't believe in age. And I love However, uh, everything I did was much older than I was supposed to do it. And I come from a, um, my family background, my father's, mm -hmm. uh, Ghanaian, from, uh, you know, Beautiful. and in West Africa, by the time you're 35, you're an old woman, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, it's you know? Same thing and, in my culture. Oh yeah. my gosh. And so, and these are patriarchal ideas. Because a man at 55 or 75, he's remarrying, yeah, he's, he's having good, kids, yeah. he can do this. It's a patriarchal idea, really, of, of keeping women in a certain way that you, when you go to a certain age, that you're supposed to be no longer functioning. You know, wisdom is a, is a beautiful thing. And you only get wisdom with time. And time takes experience. So yeah. you've got to have the so people true. in your life who are older um, you know, and I'm in a generation where I'm generation X and I'm in a generation that 
we're we're older but we're we're young you know and um we we're just we can we morph into different generations that's why nobody talks about us they talk about boomers and mm. they talk about millennials and they talk about gen z, they talk about gen z. <laughs> but you know generation x is one of they they're squeezed in you know we're between millennials and um and boomers you see uh, but we're more yeah. leaning towards i think in our energy towards millennials but i i i just think that you can do anything at any age. This is one thing that I definitely, definitely uh, think that um, is part of my destiny. And that is about breaking the stigma of age because, I love it. Uh, and I will do more of that. And I need to do more of that talking about it. Um, when I say, well, hold, I am, you know, I can hear some people will be driving off the road. So they wouldn't expect that from me. But, um, you don't but look I, a day older than 20, <laughs> 25, 30. And, but it, you know what? It doesn't even matter. Caroline. Oh, thank you. Gosh, I would have had to be a baby then to have had my 16 year old if I had him at 25. But, but, but I know what you mean. But it's, but you know what, Sierra? It's about spirit, the spirit and the consciousness of you, because yeah. you can be 60, 50, 70, 90, whatever, and I you can still spirit. have this young spirit. Or I've met people who are 20. Mm-hmm. and they're like old people you know like they're just yeah, heavy souls. <laughs> yeah but they're old in the way they they just sort of like that you think well what's going on why are you trying to look like your grandparents why do you want to live in why do you want why are you trying to live your grandparents life oh when you just get married you'll get there one day <laughs> yeah i want to get married and have all my kids and this and that by the time i'm 30 i mean what you know so i just think you know we're we need to break this all up and it's no longer about chronological uh, age. It's going to be right. about what energy field are you in? I would yeah. love to that to come in, just as we've got gender blaring, you know, um, but non-binary and all this, which is fantastic. Let us also, you know, break the age um, b- boundaries, especially for women, you know. For sure. Although I do have to say, I don't have an issue with a man or a woman wanting to do a very traditional, you know, getting married at the age of 20, 30. Like, I have no issue with, you know, people doing whatever that they want to do. But I think that's essentially that, right? Giving people the opportunity to do what they want to do. And I think, I think the really take home message from this episode, which I really love, is that it's never too late to do anything. And we don't hear this enough. I think, you know, we don't truly embrace that. And I feel talking to you here, I feel very um, excited. I have, you know, I have this energy because a lot of the times we limit ourselves and it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, right? That fear or that comparison that we do. And even that is linked to our age. Sometimes we compare, let's say someone who's younger than us that may have done something that we want to do, but we haven't yet. And that can hold us back. So again, it comes to say that don't compare and, you know, don't let age limit you from, from that. Or at any age, at any age. And I want to uh, reiterate what you just said, because when I was 19, all I wanted to do was get married and have four children. (laughs) So I think that, you know, it's, it really is, um, wherever you're at and there's nothing wrong at all in getting married in your 20s so I'm not saying that there is anything wrong with that either I'm saying that you know um the traditional ways of doing things um are changing what is the tradition you know what is the tradition and um in the end it's about you having a happy life and that's why I named my podcast happy well-being life because that is really all we're doing 
We all want a happy, well-being life. What else is there? You can buy another Lamborghini and you can buy another house and you can do another holiday to the Maldives or whatever, you know, in terms of um, wherever your economic scale is. But in the end, you know, you it's about having a happy, well-being life. You don't really have any wealth if you don't have health and you don't have a, a happy life if you're living in a life that's not yours, you know? Absolutely. It makes me think of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It's like a classic Mm, example of like, at least once we connect with ourselves. Caroline, as a final question and to wrap up, I want to ask, although you've said already so many great things, what have you learned so (laughs) far from your journey? Or I would say, what is, or let's put it this way. If there is one advice you can give to your younger self, what would Ooh. that one be? Oh my God, that's such a hard question. So on so many levels, some of it I couldn't possibly say on a podcast. Um, <laughs> let's think now. I would say to her that she was always right in her feeling, mm. like the feelings that she had to do something, you were always right about the timing. You were always just a little bit ahead of the time because you were always somebody who was channeling new information. Mm. I would say I've always had things that were holding me back and I never knew what they were. And I'm a woman of color. So uh, sometimes I think some aspects of that uh, were holding me back uh, Mm. because I never saw someone like me or, um, you know, I just didn't have the confidence um, to do things. And now I would have said, I wish I had Instagram when I was 20. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had so much social media in some ways, I'm as bad as I've been knocking social media. Yeah. I know. I love how you, we ended it on a positive note for social media. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I love social media. I love social media. So, but I, I just, in some ways, I wish that I had it. I thought we were so lucky those who had it. Uh, because I was exactly the same. I was, would have been, I would have been a really famous create content creator. I would have had still can be still can be, but, but, you know, I just think that it was such a incredible, uh, things that I was doing that Mm. actually you start to see people doing the same thing. That's the other thing you start seeing a younger generation actually doing the very much the same things. Mm. Um, and you think, Oh gosh, yeah, I was in that stage. You know, I did, was doing that. Um, and doing it differently, doing it differently. But yeah, I would give my advice would be would to her would be to never have held back. Cause I think I held back sometimes. Um, but don't hold back and, you know, just go for it and don't worry about what anybody else was thinking and not, nobody looks like you is doing it. Now I'm like that, of course, but I would have definitely given, um, that's the advice I would have given my younger self. Don't hold back and don't worry about that was nobody looking like you doing it. Wow. Carolyn, that has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much for your time and for doing this podcast. You're so great to listen to. Your energy is magnetic. And I definitely hope to reconnect with you again very soon. Oh, fantastic. And I just wanted to say the Happy Wellbeing Life podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, and so come and have a listen. I've got 
six episodes that I'm doing for first series and I've got three of them so far and I'll be putting up the others soon and going into season two um, in the next year but you know you can follow me on LinkedIn it's probably the best absolutely I will link Caroline's profile her LinkedIn profile as well as her new podcast Happy Wellbeing Life in this episode's description for you guys to check it out it's an absolute absolute must Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed this episode, do subscribe on your favorite podcasting channel or leave us a review and we'll catch you in the next episode.